Welcome back to the Oslo Raw podcast. I am Tiril Refsum, the founder and owner of Oslo Raw, which is all about chocolate cakes and a lot of cream on everything. But today we're going to talk about more than chocolate cakes. We're going to talk about the deeper stuff. And that's why Dr. Diamantis is a perfect guest I've been looking forward to talk to for a long time. And we're going to talk about Chinese medicine, yin and yang, stagnation in the masculine, going from doing to being and how to live your most authentic self and how that can heal our bodies. We talk about real root causes of illness, the steps one can take and which questions to ask within. As a previously professional elite basketball player, Dr. Diamantis knew he had a very different mission in life and after becoming a naturopath, he traveled to India to study functional medicine and today he runs his own clinic assisting over hundreds of clients yearly to improve their health emotionally and physically. Join us for a deep talk about the seat of the heart and why it is time for us to be free and to love and create. How can I calm down? How can I find balance? How can I be more yin? You know, we all women think about that a lot. Like, how can I relax more? But on on my way to this interview today, I was thinking, like, isn't there a common uh, mission that we are all as a human being art at the moment in this time? Is there a mission that we are heading towards as a whole? I want to come back to your mission as individual later. But are we at the point in our history and in this world at the moment where we are interested at some le- level, maybe it's unconscious, about the same mission? Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah, very good question. Well, I will say, if I interpret your question correctly, that more or less that which we refer to as mission is a type of movement of the collective consciousness, which is inevitable for us to start looking within and start asking the right questions. Because there's so much things that have been told to us that this is uh, the way to success, to fame, and there beyond the horizon is happiness. And so many of us have done this journey and we have studied and we have made companies and accumulated material goods, but you cannot verify the feeling of uh, of happiness and and just the sense of I don't want to say the word altruism somehow, but but you know the deep sense of contentment, you know, with uh, what you have acquired. Either it is you know physically or intellectually or emotionally, you cannot say that I have arrived to this experience to this feeling. So this starts then, that's when we start asking the right questions. And this is something that we might think that this is by pure will, that we are actually doing this, you know, because we want to, but it's inevitable. Because the life through pain will tell us when we are not living our truth and we're not speaking our truth. Our bodies are navigating us into awakening in a many times painful way. So you have your clients coming to you with all kinds of problems, but it seems like it's all about the same, becoming your most, most authentic self. And people are always talking about, oh, what's my passion in life? What's my mission? What's my dream? And we are looking out for these things. And actually it is our, our purpose maybe to ask the good questions within and it is our duty to then express what we find. But that is a very tricky way, you know? 
It is. It is a very tricky way. And it is a very, also, I would say, not dangerous, but it is somehow um, lurky. I don't know exactly the word, but because of when we do experience pain through the dysfunctional upbringing in our family because of conditioning or because of trauma, what's happening is that there is a breaking point where authentic self is, is being, the ability to be the authentic self is hijacked. Um, and that space is taken by the ego in order to survive psychologically. Now, there is no mean intention in a dysfunctional family. And I think that there is no parent, inclusive me, that knows exactly the correct way to, to, to upbring my, my, my daughter or my, the children you know, we have. But we can only do our best. And the best is to be completely present. But even then, there might be situations where I had to pick up my daughter one second earlier than I did when she fell down and cried or did something which wasn't right in her mind. And that will be like a mental knot that she will have to heal when she gets older. So that's why we say that just don't screw up your kids too much. I mean, we all get screw up in one way or another. And this is part of life because as, uh, uh, as big philosophers and psychologists have said that in the first half of your life, you know, we develop an ego. So the later half of your life uh, to get rid of it or to realize that it's it's not you but it's a part of you so through this through this type of movement natural and collective we start asking the right questions but the ego will not surrender itself without a fight and so it has an amazing ability to take on even the spiritual coat and say oh you want to be spiritual oh yes baby i'll be as spiritual as you want what do you want to do? Meditate? Let's go meditate. I show you meditation. Sit there and I wait. How, want, how long do you want to sit? Half an hour. I'll be here waiting for you. And once you're out, check. You do the, you know, check on your checklist. So when you get asked during the day, have you meditated? Oh, yes, I have. You see, I'm a spiritual being. But, but it's a way for, for the ego to hide itself behind all these activities. And you might learn fantastic words, you know, and start speaking as in terms of spirituality. And well, I, I don't even actually like that word. It's so misleading. But nevertheless, uh, when we start asking the question, it's very common that we start asking with uh, starting by asking how, you know, and actually, how is for the external world, it's not for the internal world, for your esoteric journey. But we can ask ourselves how to improve this phone, how to improve this technology, how to improve you know, this cake, how can we make it more tasty or whatever. You know? <laughs> and it's a valid question. But when we go to the inside, we cannot use the word, the tool, how. Because when we say how to find myself, then there is an I and there is a myself which means that I'm two persons, which I'm not. No. Or when we ask ourselves how to find balance, it's as if I, the idea of who I am, the ego, will find balance. You know, balance is there. It's there and it will be experienced as soon as I'm not there. 
and messing it up. And, and now we're talking about the esoteric one. When it comes to practical ones, yes, how? How should I eat? How should I sleep? How should I work out? How should I drink? How should I socialize? And so on. But within, the question is, what is? Because the question how is a very masculine question. And it's a masculine question. It's actually aggressive and it's outwards going. And you cannot use it for going inwards. Well, the question, what is, is a feminine question. And so we bring out also the feminine energy. And it's a welcoming. And it's, by the question, what is, it doesn't imply that I will change myself. It implies that when I see that which I'm not, then I will automatically fall into the space and to the seat of who I actually am. Do you experience a lot of resistance towards what you're talking about? Because there must be resistance from the masculine in everything in the society, in our bodies, towards this letting go, emptiness, void being. You know, I can feel a massive resistance. I have to really be gentle with myself in those in the period of resistance because I just want to do all the time, and I'm so good at it, and I'm a, such a good girl, you know, <laughs> and I know exactly <laughs> how to to play that role. Exactly. So just being makes no sense, but it makes all the sense in the bigger picture. And that's magnetic. You know, I know I'm feeling that the world is strong and the masculinity is so strong within us. So how do we move? move, First of all, you say masculine and feminine. Can you just clear that up a little bit? Exactly. So each person of us, uh, now we go a little bit into Chinese medicine. We say yin and yang. Okay. We say generally... The men are more young, more masculine energy, and the women more feminine, yin energy. And so there is a whole spectrum. Also between the gender, there is a spectrum which is more yin and more yang. We have even uh, women with a strong masculine energy, and we also have men with a very strong feminine energy. But generally, men have more masculine energy, more yang, and the the women more yin energy. And this is, we need all this diversity of different kind of ratio between those within the two genders, because this diversity also makes the whole human race. We cannot just say that everybody should have a strong feminine energy. But what have happened the last two, 3,000 years is that there is a group of men far to the masculine spectrum, which is like young within young. And this, this is how they're built. Let's say humans migrated from Africa and they came up to Europe and they saw the Alps stinging up, huge mountains. And we needed those men that are these adrenaline junkies that cannot sit still for five seconds, that as soon as they saw this mountain, they look over to their mom, like, mom, I just need to climb up that mountain. And I don't know why, I just need to do it. You know, it's huge, let's, let's go up. Now this also in this society, is the men that can have like 10 startups on their head, you know, and without getting uh, CFS, chronic fatigue syndrome, you, you know, and because they're built like this and they cannot help it, you know, they cannot help look at a problem and say, hey, let's make a company out of this and let's make us something out of this. This is how they work. But now in this, in, in, when the society is based on social Darwinism, which means also that the whole economic structure is based on the misinterpretation of the survival of the fittest. 
And we see those at the far end spectrum of the young energy creating those companies that can then sell them and create a lot of money. And we say, hey, this is what it's mean to be successful. And so we have, we have, um, we have convinced the whole other spectrum with a feminine energy, with this, which is you know, fully content as they are. They don't need to become a career person. They don't need a lot of things. They are content, but we have convinced them, hey, you need to, why are you just sitting there being happy? You, know, you need to become somebody. That's so sad. Well, it is, it's tragic. Mm. And so we have convinced them that they need to be as they are the far end of the spectrum. And so this beautiful, mostly women that come here with a beautiful feminine energy are forced into a masculine behavior. And of course, what that happens is it creates an imbalance and they start consuming that masculine energy, that outgoing, ever restless, starts consuming that inner feminine energy. And so obviously it starts uh, with different kinds of symptoms, many of them being IBS type of symptoms because there's a stagnation because in order to convince you that you need to be like them, it means that you're not good enough as you are. And this is how we are indoctrinated, you know, always competing, <laughs> competing and against each other. Or actually we are, we are taught to compete against each other because there's only one winner at the top. And so this is, the whole movement is based on the misinterpretation that I am not good enough. So when we start challenging that belief by writing down on the paper, what does it make me, what are the arguments that actually says I'm not good enough? What is that actually starting pinpointing them? You know, we cannot find any because you cannot argue that you're not good enough. What, because I don't have a Mercedes? Does that mean uh, me as a human being, I'm not good enough? And so slowly we start understanding so these women then come here, uh, are forced, not forced, they are somehow misguided into this, just misguided, because it's an honest mistake, actually. Misguided into this type of behavior, consuming themselves, IBS symptoms, because of the stagnation, and the stagnation comes from stagnation of thought, stagnated in the past, that I'm not good enough. That stagnation creates different kinds of symptoms, IBS, menstruation problems, hormonal imbalances, headaches, and so on. And the list goes on. And if you're still continuing the same movement pattern of thought, then it will just manifest in a different way. So, so you can go over to a food map diet. Yes, it will alleviate some symptoms, but it's still there. Then you have menstruation problems. Okay, go get a, uh, the pill no pain, okay, then you get a migraine, then get pain relieving medication. Okay, that doesn't work, okay, then they start with the injection of Botox, they're just frying your nerves in your head. All right, great, and now you have also problem with your gallbladder. What do we do? Well, we cut it out, we dig it out. But all of these things, you know, comes from the same root. It's a type of stagnation seen from Chinese medicine perspective. So this is what it means that it's a holistic, we have to see each individually, individual holistically. So how do you start helping a person with these kind of issues? The first thing is that um, awareness. You know, we have the practical part, which is actually 
it's not big of a deal. It's super easy. From Chinese medicine perspective, IBS, menstruation problems, migraine, it's a piece of cake. It's like not even a, how do you say? It's easy. The hard part is to understand, make the patient understand that it has to do with behavior. So, and it's everything stagnated in their self-image, who they think they are, because that will determine also their behavior, psychologically and practically. And then they will try to, through, through sheer will, to, uh, to do the right thing, to be disciplined. So you're disciplined, and when you actually want to escape through a... Uh, through maybe scrolling on your phone or eating candy or, you know, looking at the 17th episode of an, a series on Netflix the same day, whatever it is, you know, it's a, just a compensatory movement pattern for not looking inwards. It's a distraction. So awareness brings up the unconscious to the conscious. And this is where the real healing starts. And it's not something you do, it's something you allow. So it's very uncontrolled and a pretty annoying process because you can't handle it. It's a divine timing of a natural process, which is so frustrating for the handy person. Yes. So because you can't really force feelings, you can't force trauma to come. You kind of have to just trust that you're a part of a journey and the answers will come and you want to run fast, but sometimes you just have to just go into the river and, and just tag along. Yes. Maybe that's so, a part. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, the hardest part for somebody that is misguided, just misguided, misguided into behavior in order to do something, you know, there's always doing. Here, all of a sudden, awareness comes from being still. And, and so this is the conflict. You know, you, you really want to solve this problem, but the I am the problem. You see, I am the behavior. I am. So there is no difference between the I who I think I am and the behavior I have. And through this observation and creating distance to my body, that I, my physical body is something I have, it's not something I am. Uh, My thoughts, my emotions, my beliefs. Uh, And this space, because we cannot, all of these four things, we cannot say I am those things because I have those things. Even my physical body, you know, it changes every seven years, new body. How it looked uh, five years ago is not how it looks today. And it's not gonna, how it's going to look in, a five year, in five years. At the same time, if I have an accident, I have, I lose my hand. I will tell my friends that I lost my hand, which means the hand, which was mine, is not there. I am still here. And we can actually cut out a lot of pieces out of this body. We can still be here. And there is not one center within us, which is, you know, what we say, the the awareness. So through this insight, and it's not something, it's not something I find. It's something that comes to me. And the same thing with thoughts. I'm not my thoughts. Thoughts come, they go. We produce tens of thousands of thoughts every day. We're not aware of all of these. So we create distance. And through this distance, we, we are, re- realize that there is a space which we call here and now. 
this which has no name and no form. What what kind of power, creativity, ideas, and um, content <clears throat> can come from that void? You know, there's it, I have sometimes the feeling that life wants something through me, want wants something from me that it's not about me. It's about what I can serve, who I can, who, who am I the best in this life, in this world, for this world. Mm. So Beautiful. I heard you. I heard you talk about before uh, being special. You know, we trained. Oh, you're so special. You're so unique, and it kind of fucks us up a little bit mm. because we become so egoistic in it that we forget that maybe life has another purpose for us, which actually makes us way happier because it's closer to our heart. Can you mm. talk a little bit about those two? Because um, many people can feel bored, you know, by the thought of going into the feminine, into the void. But actually, it's so much coming from that. You know, when I started my company, I had meditated for three years because of that nothingness. I got so much creativity, ideas. I could feel what I wanted. But it wasn't because I thought I should. It was because I just had to do it. Exactly. It came through me. Um, exactly. So it's a very powerful void. It's a very powerful energy and, and it's fun, you know? Exactly. I think when we use the word purpose, it's so heavy, you know, we become so special. We become so in a way that, oh, it's my purpose. I have to do it. And the whole world we need will know about my purpose and the special being I am. But I don't really use that word, you know, more or less what happens is that we fall to the seat of the heart, which is. In Chinese medicine, we say that the heart houses the shen, the spirit. And that spirit and the creativity comes from within. When you say within, you know, we cannot help it. It just comes. And that void, it not, it's not something I find. It's something that is I'm as much part of, you know, in a deeper dimension, let's say. And when we allow that to happen, and we can only allow that when we've completely here and now, which means also that the psychological becoming of thinking I need to become somebody, then I am special. But hence, the other part is to realize that that special is that which comes from within, <laughs> that, that which I cannot you know, push, continue pushing down. And when we know when it comes from the heart or it comes from the mind, is that we will never sacrifice our body in order to achieve or whatever achievement it has, that, that path of creating. But the ego is ready to sacrifice the body. So if I find myself in a company which I'm trying to build, and slowly, slowly I start having the symptoms, then I need to, to maybe uh, take a pause, step back and see where does this come from? There is also another um, risk, and this is that something very genuine starts coming from the heart. And I may be like, you know, painting. So I'm sitting home and I'm painting in the evenings, and I'm just doing because I love it. And then all of a sudden, a friend comes home to me and says, hey, that is absolutely amazing. He said, you should have an Instagram account. He said, okay. So I make an Instagram account, I take a picture, and then uh, somebody else likes it, say, hey, can I buy it from you? And then what happens, the ego is like, hey, this is something special. 
So it's, it hijacks the whole, you know, authentic creative idea. And so with this, I want to say that it's so important that you do this esoteric journey. So you are aware of this, uh, the risk, you know, of the ego coming and hijacking. Because when we see outside, the whole society has this type of movement. It's so easy to be dragged into that. So. So interesting. And, yes. and that's okay. That's okay. Like, it's all good. It's just the awareness of it. Exactly. And it makes a relief. Like, okay, I, I, I take serious amount of like uh, supplements and I'm just watching it. Like, okay, you want to do that? Okay, take it. And suddenly I'm like, nah. I, the power loses a little bit, but I'm not stopping myself from doing it. Or if I run around the town, I start watching myself. Like, okay, you're running again. You think you have to do that. That's okay. And then I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, okay. <laughs> then it's like, oh, maybe I don't have to. But I don't think we should stop these things. We should more my, make a space for it. Yeah, become more aware that what is going on. It's nothing wrong with, you know, if somebody wants to buy my painting for half a million, buy it. Uh, but if yeah. I think that my worth is based on how much this paint is selling, that's when the problem comes. And even use these situations to grow because I, uh, Oslo Raw for me is like a self-growth machine. Everything I need to face will come through the company. It's, mm. it's like, I think we kind of need some platforms to be confronted. You know, if we just sit uh, meditating alone in Tibet, you know, you're not really living, you know, and it's in the real situations that the growth is happening. Um, yeah. We can definitely use those situations also as a mirror to see what is happening within. Because, you know, as a tree start blooming and becoming bigger and bigger, of course, a lot of people will come under and, and use its shade. But, but it doesn't take credit for the shade it makes. It's you know, just it's doing just, its thing. It's just growing. Yeah. Right? But if you start charging, you know, for the shade, and I think, hey, look at me, I'm the biggest, I'm the strongest. This is when the inner conflict starts manifesting and becoming bigger and bigger. Sometimes I look at uh, companies and businesses like a human body. And how do you relate yin and yang in a company? How can we, if, if per se, you're in a company and you're feeling tired, but you want to keep working, um, how can you continue by using the same methods as you do when you're healing your body, you know, finding the balance in a company, in the soul of the company, if you know what I mean? Yes, I understand. Well, I think the company is just a manifestation from the individuals that runs it. You know, if a person thinks that I am not good enough as I am and I need to acquire more things, same thing with the company. It will just grow and this growing, you know, even cancer grows, but it's not a good growing. You know, but let it grow as a beautiful flower instead that has, you know, integrity. It's very important with integrity that, okay, I see you, you're there and I am here and it's okay. We can go exist. Not only we can, we have to, we need the diversity of everyone. You know, it cannot just be one as soon as it's just, this is what, what, what social darwinism allows people to think that if I, with my company, can, uh, can make your company bankrupt and then buy your company, then people will come to me and say, oh, you're a good job. You're very successful. But this is not how nature works. You know, uh, there is obviously competition, but only 
until you feed and make your your belly full you know then it yeah. that's then you're okay mm. you know? so it all comes down to the uh, purpose of the heart you know i believe like when we feel in the heart we we work towards the same mission that we started to talk about i believe we have this same idea uh, we all express our creativity and work in different ways but it's the same root and mm. and that's when we really help each other and build each other up and i love competition i think it's good because we make each other better you know sometimes i see another cafe make more wild organic something i'm like okay okay i'm gonna learn from them you know and then we but if we are not feeling satisfied within it's a hunt it's so exhausting but if we look mm. at it like oh we help each other we want the same thing basically we all want people to be happy and in our hearts and you know that's where we're going i want to talk about that, that mission we are heading towards because that's the most inspiring thing you know <laughs> to move Very from good. my company to our company our our company in this world mm. very nice and the so... energy and yeah the abundance of energy that comes through that we need that exactly. kind of energy so whatever energy we're projecting outwards uh movement even it is uh, just thoughts or physical actions they can come from four places it can come from fear it can come from um, a feeling of responsibility, uh, duty, or it can come from love. And the first three, especially if it comes from fear, then it actually creates a downward destructive spiral that will consume us from within. But if it comes from love, then it will just it will just grow naturally, and it will not even be in, it will not even know its own growing. No. It comes from abundance, rather than others comes from scarcity. You know, when a bird sings, it doesn't know how beautiful it sings. It doesn't care how the other bird sings either. It's just there and singing. The same thing with a flower. It's not aware of its beautiful scent. You know, and this is how beauty is manifesting from within people. Is that they are not even aware of how absolutely beautiful they are. And this is what I see with most of my patients coming here. You know, they are depressed, they feel bad about themselves, they're self-censoring themselves, a lot of self-hate. But I see beyond that, and I'm like, there's so much beauty within. And if they just saw and realized that, again, misinterpretation of who they are, they allow this just to grow. It's beautiful. And I see those transformation in a lot of patients that come here and they start doing inner, uh, inner work. So the esoteric uh, journey. And you can see that in their eyes. We see in Chinese medicine that the spirit, you know, it shines through the eyes. It, well, it's a beautiful place. While you were speaking, I was like, I wanted to ask you your mission, but you were actually just saying it. That probably is your mission, what you just mm -hmm. said. Is it? Maybe. To be honest, I haven't even I haven't even reflected upon it, you know. I'm I just love doing what I do so much. Exactly this. When people they really when they get it, you know, like and you can see it even instantly in their eyes, that space that when they become their heart and they realize that there is nothing else, it's just pure love. And only love is the way forward.
Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Dr. Diamantis, for coming on the show. And I wish you all a beautiful day. See you soon.